Hello and welcome back to Entrepreneur Talks Podcast. Season 1 episode will be written on the information of this podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by WomenFlix and Entrepreneur Talks Podcast. Feel free to drop a message if you would like to be our guest, if you would like to get our services, and if you would like to share your vision. WomenFlix, Yola Bastos, and I hope you enjoy our session today. Peru Banca. Her mission is to help fellow human beings being seen and heard through the power of their personal stories. She's passionate about helping people and she stands against the concept that people should go through the motions of life without being seen and heard. Not being seen and heard impacts our worthiness. One of the biggest gifts we can give people is to make them believe that they are worth it. She used coaching, speaking on events, and storytelling as the tools to achieve these goals. She is also a keynote speaker and has the experience of raising huge amounts of funds for cancer charities in the UK through her inspirational talks. Peru is a cancer driver and the author of the book, My Cancer Journey, A Rendezvous with Myself. She has a thing for the words sparkle and magic, believing that no matter what the events are, we have a choice in how we respond. Choice has our superpower. Welcome, Peru banker to our podcast today. Hello, Parul. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome to my podcast. Hi, Ola. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure as well. So tell me, what means storytelling coach mean? Like storytelling coach, sorry. Okay, so what does storytelling coaching mean? Yola, what I do is three things. Okay. I help people find their stories. Then I help people own those stories. And then the third step is I help people share those stories. Oh, and this work is dedicated to a big mission and the mission is to help people be seen and heard through the power of their personal stories. So it's my work is all about helping people be seen and heard in their business and in life. And there are three steps to it. Like I said, find your story, own it, and then go and share it with the world. That's what I help people with. Amazing. Wow. It's really good. Three things in one, right? The storytelling yes. coaching. Yes. So when did you start to coach? I've been coaching for a very long time because coaching was a part of my corporate role 
in my previous life, I used to work as a corporate employee. So I've been coaching for a very long time. But recently, when I decided to set up my own coaching practice, that's when I went all in and focused only on on coaching because before it was one of the things I did. But for the last few years, I have been doing coaching as the primary thing in my business. Correct. I understand because you were working to, for someone else and now you're doing for yourself to help yes. other people. Exactly. That's, that's spectacular. Thank you. And do you work with any communities or companies like supporting any women? So I would say I'm not just working with organizations who have only women as the clientele. But I am involved with lots of businesses who focus on working with women. And the more I get into coaching, the more I am working with fellow entrepreneurs, women who have women as their target audience. So eventually I get to work with lots of businesses like yourself who are dedicated to helping women. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Do you, I know that you wrote a book, correct? Yes, that's right. My Cancer Journey, a rendezvous with myself. That's right. Can you give us a, an idea what is your, because I know by the title sounds like is your cancer journey, but how did, when did it, did it happen? So I was diagnosed with cancer in September 2012. And uh, that is when my life literally changed. Okay. I had a pretty normal life. I did things that most people do. I went to school, I went to college, I went to uni, joined the corporate world, worked for performance ratings, promotions, holidays. That was my life. Normal. <laughs> normal <laughs> and that's how it was that's how it went on until the week of my 34th birthday when I was diagnosed with aggressive breast cancer and so I did what I had to do to get through cancer but Yola honestly in the first six months I didn't even know if any of that treatment will work I didn't know if six months down the line I would still be here and so during those six months every day I just got up and made a promise to myself that if I make it to the other side of cancer mm -hmm. I would do everything in my power to live the rest of my life as joyously and meaningfully as possible and I think it was the power of that promise that hope that kept me going and then I did make it to the other side of cancer yes Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so, in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a big thing. I'm aware that not everybody gets that chance. So I never take it for granted. That's so good. Awesome. And so you decide to write your book. <laughs> yes. And so in my post-cancer life, I decided to keep the promise I had made to myself. And that is when I consciously changed my life so when i look back at my pre-cancer life i can see that it was a good life i loved it but it was also a life on the autopilot 
And one thing that I decided in the post-cancer time was that I would start living more consciously. And that was the reason why I decided to leave the corporate world and set up my own coaching practice because this work brought me meaning and joy. And I really wanted to focus on the work that would make my heart sing. And this was also the reason why I went ahead and wrote this book. I would say the reason why I decided to document my cancer experience and share it with the world was because of a couple of reasons. One is to build awareness about cancer because cancer is a medical condition in which time is of essence. The sooner somebody gets diagnosed, the higher their chances of survival are. And honestly, if I have a choice, I would choose a world without cancer. But that's not my choice to make. So I want to do the next best thing that is possible. And that is helping people who have been touched by cancer get through it with as little hardship as possible. And therefore, building awareness about cancer was one of the big goals that I had through sharing my story. My second reason for writing this book was to inspire people who are going through cancer. And that means people who have been touched themselves, patients, survivors, and also their families. Because when somebody is going through cancer, it's also their family that's on that journey with them. So inspiration was the second thing. Because if you look at the internet or if you look at the body of documented stories there, there there aren't many positive survival and thriving stories that are available in the world. And so I wanted to inspire people and share with them my story of change and uh, how I not just survived cancer, but also thrived despite cancer. Incredible. Wow. Thank you. And there was... A third reason why I wrote my book and uh, that was to challenge the stigma and the taboo that still surrounds the world cancer in many countries in this world. So when I went through cancer, I realized that in a lot of cultures, there's still a baggage of stigma and taboo that accompanies the word cancer. And uh, it, it, it is even considered a shameful thing in many cultures. And therefore, I wanted to do something about it. And I thought that the first step to change would be to embody that change and to own that change. And uh, that is why I came out in the open, shared my story. And uh, that was my way to tell the world that this is nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a medical condition. That's so good. It's so true. I'm, I'm, I'm like without words for you. Amazing what you're doing and what you've done with your book, the reasons you create this book. And at the same time, Parul, I, I believe your, your book also helped, like you mentioned, but create your own business and be a storytelling coaching coach. Yes. Because yes. you've done your story on that book and you believe like people can do the same. Yes. It has played a huge role. In fact, uh, when I went through cancer, I also spent a lot of time volunteering and helping out organizations that had looked after me when I was going through cancer. And one of the ways in which I helped them was to raise huge amounts of funds in the UK for them. 
And I did that through my speaking and storytelling. And essentially, I was stepping on the stage to share my story of survival and survival from cancer. What is it like to go through cancer and survive? And not just survive, but thrive beyond cancer. That was my story. And uh, so through these inspirational talks, I used to raise funds for cancer charities. And I would say that is really when I experienced the power of storytelling. Because all I was doing was stepping on the stage and sharing my story in one forum after the other. And it was so powerful. The transformation was incredible. The connection was incredible. The, so the amount of money raised was incredible. It, it was great. Wonderful. And I believe that every story, whether it is through a traumatic event or not, every single story has the potential to do that. And that's exactly what I'm here to help people with. Wow, amazing. And sparkling and magical, right? Because you told oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a thing for words sparkle and magic. I like, I love using these words in my communication. I love using these words in my messaging as well as in my coaching because I truly believe that every single one of us, we have magic within us. And if we can just own our magic and say, we are awesome at what we do. You know, not just playing small, not wondering, not worrying what would people say, are they going to consider us arrogant, but truly step into our power and say, own that this is what my magic is. (laughs) We would all sparkle in this world because that's what we are here for, isn't it? Not to play small, not to stay small, but to shine and help other people shine. Wonderful. I love it. Thank (laughs) you. Shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) Yes, shine bright like a diamond. I love it. This sparkling and magical thing. It's really good to to create our our talks surrounded by these kind of words or, or pronounce these words when we're talking, sparkling, magical because that that brings something different to the environment whatever whoever is there to listen it will i think people, like right now for myself i'm feeling i'm feeling the sparkling and the magic <laughs> thank you <laughs> i do i do believe that as a coach that's one of the biggest gifts i can give to people if i can help them see and own the magic that is within themselves it's one of the biggest gifts i can give them wonderful and you stand against the concept that people should go through the motions of life without being seen and heard yes i do so yola i grew up in a society i grew up in a world which was diverse and it was peaceful but what i did notice when i was growing up was that while it was a diverse world where everybody coexisted peacefully it was necessarily not an inclusive world world and so people stayed together but they stayed in their own silos and there were lots of factors that that divided people from each other and so there were things like the religion there was the color of the skin there was the social class 
there was also a very strong caste system and based on all these variables i understood that there was a lot of times a said okay. and more often than not an unsaid hierarchy in the system in the society so if you imagine all these people existing in silos nobody was fighting or anything but they were still in their silos and there was this hierarchy wherein one person was higher than up than the other person and it was a very very interesting dynamics to observe and grow up with because what i understood was that when this person who was higher up said to the person who was considered lower down in the hierarchy they would say oh you are smaller you are smaller you are less worthy yeah, i don't see and hear you and you know after decades and centuries of conditioning the person who was deemed lower in the hierarchy started believing that that's what was their place was and this person said yeah 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 don't look at me because i am smaller i am unworthier i know my place so and as somebody who was growing up in that system i said this is not right, right. and i as a person will never subscribe to this idea because what i noticed was it wasn't just people who were considered higher up in the hierarchy who weren't seeing the other person it was people themselves who had stopped seeing and hearing themselves and that is something that made me really uncomfortable it was just not right and so 30 years ago when i was 11 years old i made this decision that i would not subscribe to this dynamics of my society and the culture i was growing up in and when i say this i am i'm not bashing my culture i'm not bashing yes. the world that i grew up in because no world is perfect but this was one of the things that i disagreed with and i said the first step has to to change well this is the language of an adult i didn't quite speak that language back then but i said i'm not going to do this and so now when i work as a coach i am dedicated to helping people be seen and heard and when i decided to spend the rest of my life coaching and helping people shine own their magic and shine i said i'm going this is what i'm going to bring into my coaching i'm going to help people see and hear themselves because that's what they need to do before someone else can see and hear them and yes. so that's what i do phenomenal awesome but peru when you mentioned 11 years old you were 11 years old when you realized i don't want to carry on on this way of thinking or this the way yes. i'm growing and yes we happened something in your life that was possible to create this consciousness about where you want to go with or how you want to do it because i believe like something might happened for you to decide when you were so young right yes i do have a memory of what could be seen as a very regular event mm-hmm. on a regular day so i remember back i remember that back then my grandmom used to live with us and uh, right. it's a pretty regular thing to happen in india and uh, she was an amazing woman i absolutely loved her and she doted on me and one evening i was sitting in her room with her when when our cleaning lady walked in now it was a pretty regular thing 
yes in that country to have somebody who would come and do the dishes for you every day and clean up the house it was a pretty regular thing and so she walked in and she said to my grandma that she wanted to have a conversation now if you look at the setup of the room there was the bed on which my granny was sitting and i was sitting with her and there was a sofa that was kept in the room for visitors or when people didn't want to sit in the bed and that sofa was un- unoccupied because my granny and i both of us were sitting on the bed on the bed and yes. so as soon as this woman came in and she said to my granny that she wanted to have a conversation this 11 year old jumped in and said oh why don't you please sit down so that you can have this conversation because hey that's what you do when somebody comes and visits you right yeah you offer them a seat and uh, there was this awkwardness suddenly in the room which i didn't quite understand and uh, and so this lady she tried to ignore me and i really thought that she didn't hear me probably yes. and so i offered her a place to sit down again and i pointed towards the sofa nobody's sitting there why don't you sit and have a conversation because you see i was one of those persistent kids correct yes i yes so i i jumped in again and you know the two adults in the room understood that this 11 year old didn't know what was going on and just to humor me or shut me down she just said okay i'm going to sit down but the interesting thing was she didn't sit on the sofa she sat on the floor and that was a very interesting equation for me to see although i had seen that it wasn't the first time that i didn't see it but i had specifically offered somebody to sit on a sofa that was unoccupied and she sat down on the floor instead and in that moment i understood that there was more to the equation and when we were sitting on on the bed and she was sitting on the floor that physical distance that physical gap the in the hierarchy was just so yes. obvious yes and it was confusing for me it's not that i figured out the whole equation in that moment because what really confused me was when my dad's friends come home they sit on the sofa when we have our visitors when we have our relatives they sit on the sofa my friends sit on the sofa why is this woman not sitting there and i would just not let it go yes and she was cleaning or cooking or washing your house or doing something yeah she she used to do our dishes and she used to clean up our house so for me she was very important and uh, and my granny was she was such an amazing woman she knew what was going on inside me and she explained this entire thing to me later on she explained to me how things work and she explained to me why she did what she did but uh, but then i said but that's not true that's not correct that's not how it should be and my granny agreed she was such such a remarkable woman she agreed that yes what we preach is not exactly the same as what we practice and as an 11 year old i understood that because in the school the messages that we were given were different yeah. but those were not necessarily the messages that i saw in the world around me and i said well i am not going to subscribe to this 
So that's how things went on for the next 25 years or so. I practiced that at an individual level. And now I have the opportunity to integrate that full time in my work. Tremendous. Love it. Thank you, Peru. Because you. <laughs> you just made me thought of, think about uh, my journey as well. And when I, when I arrived, I'm from Portugal. And when I came to this country, I had the opportunity to work. Mm-hmm. And they were Indian. And mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to work with this family. But was, mm-hmm. was on the right way like you now you're doing. Because mm-hmm. I learned and I still, I'm so grateful for this family. Because from the day one, when I arrived in their house, I was cleaning there. Yeah. That family treat me like a family. They made they always put me on the same table eating with them, cooking for me. I would sit and my daughter as well would sit where they sit. I would yep. eat where they eat and I remember this and I I don't see them for so many years but I always remember these people because they were so good to me. And that yep. made me carry on and add something great and magical and sparkling to my life so yeah <laughs> because that's the truth i carry on doing the same for others because i had the opportunity to receive this place soon i arrived here i didn't know too much about too many things but this yeah. family they they treat me so so well and was was i till today i still remember them i don't see but i remember and exactly the way you change your perspective you change the way because you had this experience with your grandma which didn't mean like she's a bad person but she was raised and used to to this and she maybe didn't have the courage to change but and then you came and you said now i'm not going to be doing like this i will be different and here we are here we are and you're doing differently and that's yeah. wonderful a wonderful gift you carry in and you're giving to others. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah, my, my granny was a remarkable woman. She was, uh, I've, I've learned so much from her and uh, yeah, she was a remarkable woman. Yes, that's true. That's amazing. Um, now regarding, we're going back to your book. Uh, can you tell us how can we find your book? How can we buy your book, A Cancer Journey? It is available on Amazon. So okay. if you go to amazon.co.uk or amazon.com, you'll oh. be able to pick up a copy from there. I will be providing the, the all the information about yourself on the description of the, on the okay. podcast so people okay. can... By the name, if they put on Amazon, I believe they will be able to find, right? Yes, yes. Great. And in terms of social media or coaching, how people can find you? People can find me through social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. People can also write to me on my email, which is parulbanka at caramelcoaching.com. The name of my company is Caramel Coaching. Caramel as in the caramel we eat. Or they can get, me, get, get in touch with me through my website, www.caramelcoaching.com. Fantastic. I'm so great. I'm so great. I'm so thankful. Sorry, because we had this conversation. You share your journey and your experience and your story with us, with Women Flicks, with Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much.
you're welcome and thank you so much for the opportunity to come here and share my story with you and your audience <laughs> okay <laughs> i just want to say thank you thank you for listening our podcast session today uh if you would like to come back and listen again you can find us on anchor you can find us on spotify you can find us on apple itunes you can also go through our pages on facebook or instagram and they will be there follow us share and leave your comments if you feel like we would love to know more what you think about the, the podcast and if you would like to be our guest or if you are willing to create your own business or struggling or just want to pump a jump a change in your life <laughs> okay speak with you soon take care bye see you next week